950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. Well, after such a stellar game yesterday, couldn't wait to bring in Michael Broadcorp to talk about the Viking stuff, as well as one or two other political things as well. Michael, how did you like your 3-0 experience? <laughs> uh, it was, I mean, I don't know how to describe it. I mean, it's a win, it's a W. I don't feel good about it. I'm not proud of it. Um, it was a, It was a very difficult game to watch. <laughs> Very difficult game to watch. So I, I guess, look, you know, Matt, as Vikings, as your Viking analyst, and I think you're this way too, we have to be glass half full. We got to win. We got to yes. win. We got to win. We advanced down the, down the line. That being said, it was one of the worst games <laughs> I've ever seen. And I have to also say to you, my friend, is that you know, I was at a game earlier this year. I was at the Bears game. When the Vikings uh, when the Vikings lost to the Bears on Monday Night Football, that was one of the worst games I've uh, ever been at. There's just the last few Vikings games have not been pretty. Um, one loss, one win, but boy, last yes, yesterday's game was something for the history books and um, something for the history books. Did you yet? Were you looking at the crowd and saying, you know, you're in the fourth quarter watching that game, and you're saying, you guys paid to be at this? Yes. <laughs> Now I've said I've said to you before that part of the reason I don't go out of state to Vikings games is that I would probably get in jail yeah. because I have a big mouth and I and I and I just not because I would engage in any type of unsportsmanlike behavior but I just got a big mouth and I wouldn't I wouldn't I would like to cheer for the Vikings very aggressively. That being said, had I paid to go to Vegas, I would be furious. That game, I mean. Boy, what a, I mean, on paper, sounds like a great idea. Why to Vegas, go to the Vikings game. I got to tell you, that was a snooze fest. Oh, it was a rough game. We, I do like talking positives. Hands down, the Vikings might have the best defense in the NFL. Because you are and, correct, sir. And granted, uh, the the Raiders were playing with the quarterback who looked like the the guy whose head exploded in the movie Scanners. I'm not sure who that guy was, <laughs> but but still, I mean, they just beat up the Raiders, and they did that. I mean, it at no point did I ever get the impression the Raiders are going to come back in this game because even when they just it was waiting for the time for the Vikings to either get a touchdown or a field goal because the Raiders just were. so so manhandled by the Vikings defense. You're absolutely correct. It was very much like the the Bears game, where um, you know there was a possibility that the Bears come back. I wasn't as confident as you were that the Raiders weren't going to come back, um, but it had the a very similar feel. Just a uh, an offense driven game. Um, I'm sorry, defense driven game. Not a lot of offense. Not a good quality uh, game. And, you know, it was tough. I mean, Vikings got to figure out what they're going to do on an offense. But defensively, boy, I got to tell you something. Brian Flores is, is uh, I hope we keep him around. Because yeah. from a numbers standpoint, he's doing just phenomenal work. And the other thing, Matt, I just want to keep going back to is that I think it was very insightful what you said. You were the first person to discuss when we started doing these about the preseason game. And if you look at the, once again, every week, the Vikings, their defense is doing better. And they're, they're stronger, and it, it goes to your argument that had the that when these preseason games, they're just not working on a number of these kinks, and there's still cobwebs when we get to the the open the first weekend of the NFL season, and they started a little rusty, 
Uh, but boy, oh boy, I got to tell you, defense has come along very nicely. They have. And I, we, we have to take some time, though, to, to break down Dobbs getting benched. Uh, he looked horrible. Uh, Mullins coming in, he didn't look phenomenal, but he looked competent enough to get the ball down the field, which he did with the weapons that he did have. There was, I, I think, TV color commentators and NFL games are about as useful as an appendix. But the when one of the guys on the color guys made the comment, and I thought this was just spot on. It was when Mullins, I think, he threw downfield to Hawkinson, and he said. He goes at he, they were doing the replay on the play and the color guy said that's the moment Dobbs would have run from there because Dobbs was so terrified of the pocket collapsing all the time that he just didn't wait for his receivers to get open. And so everything became a scramble. And as a friend of mine made the comment today, uh, he basically said he was so terrified of getting picked off in that game that it led him to really makes a lot of bad throws. I mean, it. He just these teams figured him out. This is the reason why he isn't a starter. He has he has some pretty big faults, which became very apparent in the game yesterday. Correct, and then again, it's something that you brought up. That something that I we've we've discussed before, that particularly with with Josh Abs, is that the more he learns the playbook, the more he learns about the Vikings' offense, the the worse he performs. Mm-hmm. It seems that more information that he's learning about the Viking system. He's not progressing. He's not advancing. If anything, his play has gone backwards. And I think we talked about this. We talked about this last, the last time I was on after the, before the bye week, which is that I think we're getting an understanding and appreciation as to why he's moved through teams like he has. Uh, there were a couple games there, a few games where we thought we had struck gold. And the truth of the matter is, I think that we now understand that a lot of those other GMs may have, may have seen him as he, at, at the capabilities at which he can play. And I think it was good to get Nick Mullins in. I think that there's a, be interesting to see what happens. I don't know who starts next week. Um, I think it's going to be a very interesting play. The one thing, you know, we need to talk about, I mean, is, is Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Um, and him getting, you know, getting hurt like he did. Uh, Kevin O'Connell said it looks like we've avoided any, anything, any significant thing there. But again, I go to that type of throw, that type of throw that, that Dobbs made to him. Um, does Cousins make that type of throw? I don't know. Uh, but it was, I think it was a dangerous throw. Um, we're very, very lucky that Justin Jefferson is not hurt more or not more seriously hurt. Mm-hmm. But, boy, these quarterbacks that we have right now are just not getting us to the position where we need to be, and we can't expect to win games on defense alone. Um, Dobbs for me, it was that last throw. It was a, it was a lateral pass. It was what third and 10 or something like that. And so once again, you're doing a lateral pass and hoping the Vegas defense doesn't, you know, allows the the receiver to go 10 yards, which is not a really good solid play, but the receiver never even got the ball. Dobbs threw that ball 10 feet over his head just to the side. And I said, this guy is unraveling. It does not surprise me that that after that was the end of him. I just don't see how you can put Dobbs back into this game. I think Mullins, once again, not spectacular, not great, but at least he knew how to stay in the pocket and he knew to wait for his weapons to get open and was throwing the ball 10, 12, 15, 20 yards downfield, which is, you know, that's how this team is designed to move down the field, not just, you know, six-yard plays we here and there. you got to get it downfield to open up the defense that you're playing against. And Mullins... 
although not spectacular, he 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 was just adequate enough to us to get the one field goal. I think that's a good way of referring it. Adequate enough to get us that one field goal, which we needed. Yeah. Um, again, we're you know there's a lot of discussions I think people have had over the years about you know offense wins game or defense wins game. I think it's you got to have a good combination of both. Right now, the Vikings have a solid uh, solid defense, but they have no offense. Um, and what's also so surprising as we talk about the NFC North is where the Vikings are in the standings right now. Mm-hmm. There's an absolute, if the Vikings play their remaining schedule, the Vikings could still win the division. Yes, they could. The Vikings could still win the division. They, I mean, they have, they have the, they have the Bengals, they have the Lions, the Packers, and then the Lions again. So they have three division games left. They are one game ahead of the Packers. They are two games behind the Lions. If the Vikings win their schedule outright, Lions lose theirs, Vikings win the division. Yeah. There's also a scenario by which if the if the Packers win out their schedule and the Vikings lose theirs, Packers could win the division. Packers could if the, yeah, no, the Packers need the Packers need the, the some help from the Lions. But the Vikings are in a position where they could still win the division. Yeah. And the problem with that, I think we all have to just be honest about, is if the Vi- if this Vikings team makes the division, we might feel good about it. We might be excited about being in the playoffs. But is it best for the long-term growth of the franchise? Wow, that's a good question. I would say this. If you were to say at the beginning of the season, we're going to lose Kirk Cousins for the re- year, uh, you know, for two-thirds of the year. We're going to lose Justin Jefferson for half the season. And you say to yourself, we have a chance – with four games to go to win the division, you would think it was one of the greatest, you know, coaching, you know, management, you know, spectacles of all time. The reality is, though, right. you are right. And, you know, we are kind of, I mean, if I'm Kirk Cousins right now, I'm feeling pretty good that the Vikings are going to. I, Kirk Cousins is not going to make as much money as he was pre-injury. But you've got to feel Correct. pretty good that the Vikings are probably going to be the one that they're going to keep him probably in-house and at least give him a two, maybe a three-year deal and I think they'll pay him better than anyone else will. I think if you're Kirk Cousins, you're feeling pretty good about coming back to the to Vikes at this point. You know, absolutely. And that's one of the scenarios that we've discussed was was that what happens with Kirk Cousins? Does he does he get an opportunity to come back? And if he gets an opportunity to come back or play again, I should say, is it in Minnesota or is it another team? And you had articulated that you thought the best case scenario was that he comes back to Minnesota. In some form, I think this season is playing out that way. Yep. Cousins is is, is 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 committed to being part of the community. He's talked about being a part of this team, and I think both quarterbacks that have gone in his play, or actually three quarterbacks that that have played in his replacement, which we've had three different quarterbacks play, none of them has really cemented that role, and they're all, I think, clearly in they're not they're not full term starting quarterbacks. And so I think Cousins has that opportunity to come back if he recovers and if he and, and everything goes well post recovery from his injury. Um, but there's a lot to like again, as you as you articulated better than I did. You had said at the beginning of this season you're going to lose Cousins, you're going to lose Jefferson, um, you're going and you're going to have these type of difficulties, and we're still going to be in a possibility where we're going to win the division. We would be very excited right now. <laughs> yes, we would. Three zero, man. Three zero. Okay, two more questions. Michael Broadcorp joining us talking Vikings football. Two more questions about you. First of all, CJ Ham. It was his first carry yesterday. 
Why, why, why is CJ CJ Ham last year was he, he scored multiple times? He was a he was a good back, good fullback in specific situations. Why was CJ Ham not being played more before yesterday? Do you know? I just I don't understand. I think that the the, the Vikings have just this has really been I think the true definition of a rebuilding year. I think there were you know there's some you know a couple of people I, I like to get advice from on Viking stuff, and a couple of these people I think are pretty smart. It said, look. This is going to be a mediocre team. They're not going to go out and say it fully, but this is this has the real potential, the real look to be a rebuilding year. When we lost Thielen, we lost you know Dalvin Cook. Um, that was kind of the play coming in, and I understand the rebuilding perspective now. And it, the defense has been fully rebuilt. We got a great defense, and there's a lot of assets that we need to have. But I got to tell you, on on an offensive side. Uh, Vikings just have to continue to do more, and there's just not there's just not a lot of there's not a lot of life there right now. Here's the thing we have going for us: is that there's still an opportunity to win in the division. No one is playing great ball right now no. in I... the division, and even you know, I mean, look at look at look at the reigning Super Bowl champs, the Chiefs. They're not they're not lighting things up right Philadelphia now. Philadelphia getting beaten down by Dallas. I, I don't think Green Bay is going to do too well in New York tonight. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but I don't think that's going to be well, a win. But here's the well, yeah, here's the thing, and that's what frustrates me about Green Bay. I was in prep for the show today for this opportunity. I was looking at the stats as the, the, who are who have kind of better ranking chances right now. And for some reason, they're giving Green Bay a, a better chance of making the playoffs than the Vikings right now. I don't understand it, but we'll see. I do worry about getting so close to Green Bay. Wow. Uh, one final question that doesn't necessarily have to do with the Vikings. Am I crazy, or is the Las Vegas turf clearly – too dangerous to be playing games on because that game that, that it seems like the turf itself took out what 12 players yesterday for both the Raiders and the Vikings and we've seen this before with fields that have bad turf it just seems to me that the NFL needs to look at that stadium yes I think yes and I want to point something out to you is that that's been discussed related to Aaron Rodgers uh, that's been discussed related to what happened with with Cousins there has been a lot of discussion this season about field turf uh, and having a more uniform standard in the NFL and some level of consistency. There's been, there have been players that have gone on and complained about the field conditions. It's unhealthy. There's problems. And I guess to say, there's been a couple kind of, you know, lack of better phrase, kind of freak accidents or things that you wouldn't expect that have happened. And I think turf management, uh, which usually applies when people hear the word turf management, they usually think you mean golf. Mm-hmm. But there needs to be some type of discussion about field management and turf management and the and the environment by which these players are running on last night because um, that was not a good that was not a good field yesterday, not a good field. And when it's Las Vegas, there should be better. Uh, if I, I we'd be remiss if I didn't bring up politics with you. This was last weekend a GOP meeting. Um, Han survived. I mean, there there was it was some bickering, some squabbling from the far right MAGA side of the party that he wanted to be replaced. I've said that there's no way in the planet the Republicans are going to win back the House, uh, and they're going to have a chance of winning back the House unless Han is there. It also piggybacks on the story Dina Winter had in the Minnesota Reformer about the current situation, which I believe you were quoted in uh, uh, in that story as well. You know, the reality is, is that, you know, he's dealing with a lot of consequences. He's still trying to manage that party. And to a point, if you're a GOP or you better be happy because uh, Han was is clearly the best chance you have at pulling the Republican Party into more of a winning strategy. Here's what I have consistent. Yes, I want to be consistent with what I said. David Hand is a steady hand right now. 
the all there is no alternative in the party right now. And th- this is a very volatile time right now. We have the former president of the United States, the clear front runner to win the Republican nomination. And there needs to be some stability at the party right now. The aftermath of Jennifer Carnahan was disastrous. And Han has always, in my opinion, been playing catch up based on the environment that he has been placed in. And the activists, I think, in many ways, are not holding him to a fair standard. This was an internal dust up between uh, a small group of activists inside the party. I was not there. I was out of, I was out of state. But I did find it incredibly interesting and quite aggressive for Chairman Han to go out there and offer the resolution himself to say, look, you guys want me out of here? Then let's do an up and down vote. I believe that my record, I believe that I'm the right person to lead. I'm the right person to put this party in the right position. And he won the, he won the vote. Yeah. And that's a good, that was a good move for him. And what, and, and my message has been consistent since that meeting was over, which is that this type of stuff needs to stop. Republicans have to start working together. There will be a chair election next year, but every Republican has to be organized and focused on putting this party in the best position to lead. And here's the truth, Matt, and it happens on both sides of the aisle, but there are some activists inside the party right now who are more interested in picking fights with the Republican Party than they are in focusing on defeating Democrats. Yep. And for from just from a party process standpoint, Democrats need Democrats focused on beating Republicans, and Republicans need Republicans focused on beating the Democrats. And right now there's division, and that needs to stop. And it, you know, and the reality is is that it's not helping anyone, this push to the right. As a matter of fact, does not a lot of people look at Michigan, what's going on over in Michigan right now? with that, yes. and, the, and you say to yourself, okay, that's how you destroy a political party. And they're in a mess in Michigan with the, the far right taking over that party and the leadership. You know, that, that's not going to, you know, you're not going to ever become a, get a, a winning strategy to come back from being down when you have basically people who are more concerned about their Twitter, Twitter trolls liking what they're saying as opposed to what's actually going to win. Oh, Matt, you're actually spot on to tie the two subjects together. Michigan's football is terrible right now with the Detroit Lions. They're creating problems for us. We need that to stop. And the Republican Party of Michigan needs to clean up their act. So they need help in a, in a variety of ways. Well done. Well done. I'm going to get a round of applause for, for uh, Michael to be able to pull those two together. A little football, yeah. a little politics. Uh, next week, I'm a little concerned about this Bengals game. We will talk after the Bengals game next week. Uh, Michael, absolutely. you're concerned. I'm, I'm a little. I'm a little. After I watched yeah. the, the game, it's it's not. Their Bengals are not as wounded as I thought they were. So we'll we'll have to talk about yeah, I'm that. I'm concerned too, my friend. All right, we'll talk soon. We will talk next week. Michael Broadcorp joining us, talking Vikings, talking politics. We'll take a break. Wrap up the show when we do return. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. Go Vikings, let's win this game. Go Vikings, honor.